It is Locked On Jazz for the 10th of September. Season reviews continue. Ball Handler Series continues. That means we're at everybody's favorite, Joe Ingles. And we'll break it down coming up on Locked On Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so much for tuning in. We do this every day. I hope you tune in every day. If you don't tune in every day, I hope you tune in three times a week, maybe four times a week. I actually have the data and the numbers, and I know how many times you guys all tune in, and I appreciate you, and I want you to tune in a few more days. Can you do that for me? Monday, we broke down Mike Conley's season. Tuesday, we did Donovan Mitchell. So in case you missed that, go back and grab those. Today, we're going to do all of our favorites, Joe Ingles. An interesting season to look at in Joe Ingles. Our buddy Joe Ingles, has a, he has a birthday coming up too. All of our guys are born like around the same time. I wonder, maybe Malcolm Gladwell can... It's the opposite, actually, of the Gladwellian theory Unless it's a basketball is about birth year and that everyone held their kids back. Would that be it? That all these kids were born right to be in the school year and so they all got held back and then they were better and then they... So if you don't know the Gladwellian concept, his is that in hockey, they do everything by January 1st. And so if you actually look at all the national teams, they're all early birth years and it's because... Early on, when they're 10, 11, and 12 years old, the fact that they've been alive for 12 months longer than someone's like 10%. And so they're actually a lot better than all the other kids. And then they start getting special attention because they're better. And then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that actually makes them the best players. And then your national, and his point is you're not actually grabbing the best talent uh, around. So that's kind of their theory. Um, But, uh, you know, who knows? October 2nd, is Joe's birthday. So he's a month away from his 33rd birthday as well, similar to Mike Conley. All right, let's take some time and look at Joe Ingles. Let's go to B-Ball Index. It's our unbiased point of view at the 6-7, 220-yard. They give him a gold badge for as a playmaking whiz, a silver badge for unpluckable. I don't know what that means, but maybe it means he doesn't turn it over. And a bronze badge for being a pickpocket pocket artist. They say his main position is that of being a shooting guard defensively and a small forward offensively. So this is hard because we're trying, I'm trying to figure out, should we be comparing Joe in this to all the wing players, which gets to be just 57 players, but he's so different because he can handle it or just all of the guards, which is 104 players. I, I think it's a very, interesting kind of look at Joe. And there's some times where we're going, if we go and suddenly look at the 23 primary ball handlers, which I do think as Joe gets older, he's going to be a primary ball handler. Now there's only 23 primary ball handlers by definition league. So when we suddenly compare Joe to that, it gets interesting. So his usage rate is like bottom of the barrel, 9%. His offensive load is 22nd percentile, so he's not asking to do that. His ball control time is really low, so he's not quite there. His team, his touches are kind of middle of the pack, and so he's not quite there as a full kind of 
primary ball handler. So when I, when I look at that, like that doesn't really work. And so like comparing to a secondary ball handler, the match, it actually gets down to 17. And now all of a sudden he's through the roof, right? So team time possession share, he's actually the highest. Team touch share, he's the highest. Touches per game, he's the highest. So it's a really interesting kind of concept, and this is what makes Joe so special and makes him unique, is trying to figure out where he fits and how he fits is the fact of the matter is, like, he is kind of somewhere in between a primary ball handler and a secondary ball handler, and he's kind of a guard and kind of a wing. So... I'm going to leave him in comparing him to the wing players at this point. But I don't feel good about that. So I'm probably going to float in between. I'll bet you I hold it at a guard most of the time. It's going to be the same comparison that we got with Donovan and Mike. So what makes him special? Above the break three-pointer, he's elite. Actually pretty good box out rate. And his restricted area assists per 75%. Uh, possessions. I love this data point that B-Ball Index has of restricted area assists. I think they're special. I think it shows something, and it's Joe at 6'7", and I'm actually going to go later in the show, we're going to go look at that metric some more because I really think when you start to kind of analyze players, one of the problems of both Donovan and Mike have is they're just too small and so when you start looking at restricted area point restricted area assists it it takes a pretty unique player to be able to get those um and, and to be able to you know to lead teams um in that area because I, I think that's a you know, we'll talk about it. when we dig into those. Uh, this is where Joe has amazing value, I guess, is my point. But let's get back to Joe. All right. So um, he, you know, no surprise. His usage scoring percentage is 32 percentile. If we're comparing him to guards, team possession share 42. His touches are about even. We talked about usage rate is at 9% percentile, like really small. His lineup, same thing we've seen before. Spacing A, playmaking F. Overall talent, they just say a C, maybe because he plays with bench units. His defensive role versatility, which is the estimate of a player's defensive versatility based on the profile of offensive roles they spend guarding, he gets an A. Pretty interesting. Gameplay consistency, he gets a B. He has a negative impact on pace. That's probably true and a little problematic if he becomes our primary ball handler. Um, And he actually is in foul trouble a pretty high amount. Let's get to shooting. A for three-point shooting. B plus for pull-up shooting. A minus for catch and shoot. A for above the break three-point shooting. Crazy this year. His corner three-point shooting was not good, which is weird. His openness rating is he's, he's gone down. He's not open nearly as much C+. Plus. Percentage of three-point attempts that are open, he got a B-. minus. His catch-and-shoot to 
pull-up ratio went way down. He took the same amount, 50-50, of catch-and-shoots to pull-ups, and that's a problem. He needs to take more catch-and-shoots and less off the bounce, but he did a pretty good job with both of them this year. His gravity is a B-minus, which is, um, you know, not to be is not surprising, and his shot creation is a B plus. His one on one isolation game is a D plus, and that's where he struggles in the playoffs. He does not draw fouls at all when playing isolation. His shooting's actually fine when he does take it. He goes right sixty four percent of the time, probably because defenders are forcing him that way. He gets graded as a C on adjusted drives. Uh, um, the uh, any total shots at the rim, he gets an F. Interesting. That's thirty three years old, not an elite athlete. Percentage of rim unassisted, he actually gets a B plus. Getting to the rim, he gets a C. This is where he's great. Drive pass out rating. Remember, Donovan got an F. He gets an A. Ninety six percentile of assist rate on passes for Joe Ingles on drives. Foul draw rate D minus. Contact finish rate. Um. In other words, where he finishes when he is fouled, he is not good. And he gets a C for his adjusted field goal percentage at the rim. Overall finishing talent, they say he's a D plus. I think that's unfair. Playmaking. B for his assist rate and A for his restricted area assist rate, which we talked about earlier. Um, I think that's kind of a a great number um, to talk about with him uh, uh, where he's getting... Uh, able to um, to make passes and, and get them to people. And, and for his role, he's a, he's a lead at it. Passive aggressiveness, he's getting a B. Passing versatility is well-regarded. Pass creation, he gets an A-. minus. Playmaking talent, he gets a B. Joe's basically becoming a ball-handling point guard. Right now, we're comparing him to guards, and he's getting great grades. And that's what I think makes him so interesting. It's not a very good rebounder. In fact, his offensive rebounding rate was an F and his defensive rebounding rate was a B. Contested defensive rebounding rate was a D. Um, We don't really focus on offensive rebounding. His box out rate, which is the estimate of defensive box outs per shot from opposing team while on the court, um, he gets a really good rate. He's just not, a you know, he's not jumping over guys for rebounds. But that's a little problematic for him in... And actually, all of these lead you to take that Joe's got to be a ball-handling point guard. Like, he's not a great rebounder as a wing. He's not a great, like, as he can def- his defensive versatility, remember he got an A-plus because he can guard one through four. It's kind of great. Perimeter defense he got for um, his ability to force turnovers, he got a C-plus. His pickpocketing rate, he got a... Uh, Active on ball with steals, he got a D minus. His loose ball recovery rate, he got a B. Passing lane defense, he got a B according to B ball index. His steals for 75 possessions, he got a D plus, but his deflections, he got a B. Shot profile disruption, all of our guys come out well. It's probably because of Rudy. Hunted in perimeter isolation, very high. Teams went after him a lot. He ends up guarding a mega creator eight six percent of the time, which is in the 82nd percentile of all guards, 
which is interesting. He guards the number one tier defender, twenty one number one usage defender, 21% of the time, which is in the 73rd percentile. I'm not sure that's fair for a 33-year-old Joe Ingles anymore. If we're going to add something to him, help him out, I think that might be it. He guards an all-star player 11% of the time, which is 13% above average, and all-NBA player 7%, which is 39% above average. I'm not sure a 33-year-old Joe Ingles should be doing that anymore. And maybe that's where he's got to become your backup point guard with a really good defensive player next to him. It's pretty interesting. I'll give you all his Raptor and overall grades here in just one second. Um, And then we'll look at his progression and if there's any signs of a 33-year-old aging at this point in time shows brought to you by intercap lending gosh they have done just amazing things over intercap first of all steve carter is just the best here's the simple thing if you're looking to refinance might be the time help you out we did it it's been been a good incredible godsend for us to be able to just the extra money gave us was great steve carter's the best there is i can honestly just tell you that he was amazing for me he's been amazing for every single guy we we've sent him to or a woman and always the reviews come back the same way. People just telling us amazing experiences on in a business that frankly is not one that usually, you know, where you always walk right feeling like you're getting the best experience, but you are with Steve Carter. That's the coolest part about Steve is that I know I can tell you to call 385-885-28 and you're going to get that experience. 385-885-28. I mean, I can just go run down the various reviews we've had, whether it was from Clayton and Sarah Wilson. Steve Carter and Intercap did a fantastic job with the refinance for Sarah and I. The process was seamless and quick. He reached out in a time crunch, really made it happen. From Brad Hickman, Intercap lending was the best experience I've ever had refinancing a home lien. Steve Carter gave me the options custom for my own situation. The loan process was made easy by the experience, knowledge, timeless, and personable nature of Steve. He's the best. Call Steve Carter at 385-885-28. That's 385-885-28. Intercap lending, NMLS number 190465. That's Intercap lending, number 190465. Today's show is also brought to you by my friends at the store. 6200 South and 20th East. The store brings it to you. The great community feel. I don't know if it's just because all the high school kids are helping everybody out with their getting their taking their stuff to the uh, out to their cars and making them feel good. Or whether it's the other day I was there and Amy was taking a bag, a bunch of groceries out to an elderly person who's still uncomfortable coming to the store right now. It's all of those things. Is it Jeff and his wonderful wife and their feeling about the community and how much they want to do it and Scotty, their son, who's running it now? You can just feel it. When you go to the store at 600 South and 20th East, you can feel that community element of things that's taking place there. Whether you walk in and go to the right-hand side and see the locked-on mudslide ice cream by Leatherby or the mudslide cookies that are so great, or you head over to the back left-hand corner of the 6200 South 20th East location and see all the pre-made meals, those great enchiladas, the chicken pot pies. It's almost that time of year again for chicken pot pies. Or whether you go down to the gateway version and feel the urban setting with all the things you need in that great setting. You can feel it when you head to the store. 6200 South, 20th East. It's the store. Stop by today. Get your mudslide cookie. You will love it. I promise. All right, so Joe Ingles, here's what he graded out. Player impact plus minus. 
So this is uh, B-Ball Index again and just the various kind of different rating systems, advanced metric rating systems we have. Joe got a B-plus, C for offense, A-minus for defensive impact, A-minus for wins added. Real plus-minus, Joe got an A-minus with an offensive real plus-minus, D-plus, and a defensive real plus-minus for an A and an A-minus for wins run. Raptor, which is the 538 system, gave him a B with a C-minus for offense and a B-plus for defense. And Raptor, uh, Box Plus Minus gave him a C-plus overall, a C-minus for offense, and a B-plus for defense. So interesting. Everybody gave him kind of a better number for defense and offense. Effective field goal percentage is an A. True shooting percentage is an A-minus. And transition points is an A-minus. Joe is the best in the NBA when he takes a shot in the first seven seconds. The number one player in all of the NBA when he takes a shot in the first seven seconds of the shot clock. Here's the rub. If Joe's playing backup point guard, he'll never do that again. And I don't know exactly how we get Joe to do both. How do we get Joe out and running for the early opportunities in offense? Over the last five years, only Andre Iguodala has a better effective field goal percentage than Joe Ingles does in the opening seven seconds of the shot clock. So how do we get Joe Ingles to, one, play with the ball in his hands and let him play pick and roll with the second unit or Rudy or do however we want? if that's how we want to play. Because I think there's actually the other angle, by the way, that you play that second unit with Jarrell Brantley playing as a try, at least, as a center and playing the ball in his hands a little bit, and then Joe can get out and run a little bit. I don't know. But we just talked about all the strength Joe has. All of the strength Joe has lines him to being a ball handler. The weaknesses are that he doesn't rebound well enough. He's not defending as well as he wants to. He's getting haunted out in isolation. He's 33 years old. The weaknesses, those are the, the strengths are if he plays early in the shot clock, he's unbelievable. He's got to get more catch and shoot threes and off the bounce. The way he does that is plays off the ball. And then the other one is that he's great at playing off the ball and a great distributor off the pick and roll. So we've got to find a way to get both out of him somehow. It's a really tricky combination. Maybe it's he and Mike sharing time as the ball handler when Donovan's not as the ball handler and intermixing and Joe doing both. But too often, at least in my book, considering how great Joe is early in the shot clock in his shooting, I see Joe going back for the ball. Back to Rudy to get the ball and then bring it up without pace. We talked about that base B-ball index had him as a non-pace guy. All right, are there signs of aging for the 33-year-old? I do believe, by the way, that guys like Joe age. Um, when they age, they will age severely, but then I actually have been told by um, Kevin Pelton that actually everyone ages very severely. Um, it's not, um, it's not actually what we all think that it happens in a kind of linear fashion. You actually just boom, fall off the map and it's ugly. And we kind of have seen that. Like, I think we saw a little bit with Paul Millsap in this series, um, though he was better in game two against the, um, Clippers, uh, in game three against the Clippers, he was pretty good also. So maybe, you know, it was a matchup thing, but it's not great. I mean, frankly, he played even the game I'm giving him credit for. He played 28 minutes, had two rebounds. That's not that's not great. Um, so, I, I, you know, when it happens, I think it'll get ugly. But let's look at uh, Joe and see if there's any signs of it. His effective field goal percentage was 57% this year. It's right on his career average. 
So there's there's not his best year was two years ago. He's at 61. He's at 57. Not a big concern there. His free throw attempts are kind of right where they've always been. It's not a high thing he does. His rebounds are right where they've always been. His assists are kind of right there. His steal rate is actually pretty similar. Everything about Joe is actually kind of hanging true. And he's and his three-point shooting's a little less good, but that's actually because he's largely changed in taking all these off-the-bounce threes and taking different ones. His assist rate is up. His steal rate is down from his first two years, he's not quite the defensive aggressor he was at in 16-17, but he, he's there. He has not missed games due to injury, right? Because he's got the consecutive game streak still going. Um, his usage rate was down a tiny bit from where it was last year and the year prior. So I, there actually are almost no indicators right now that there's anything too dramatic taking place here is shots at the rim, which is kind of the place to look have dropped a little bit. Right. And so we heard that in the B-ball index numbers, like his rim finishing rim numbers were not kind of what people, well, his rim finishing is great. He's at 74% when he does it. He used to take 18, 19% of his shots at the rim this year, only took 13%. So there's your first tiny little sign, maybe reasonable, like, you know, not, not a, not anything to, to worry about in, his assist rate on his three-point shots is down, but that's actually a sign that he's creating more opportunities for himself. His fouls drawn is actually right about where it was a year ago, so there's nothing too dramatic in that regard. There just is that one little sign that he's not shooting at the rim quite as much as he once did. Now, did he get more assists on those on threes? Instead, maybe. So, you know, when we look at Joe and kind of where he is in his career path, he seems to be hanging on. The one that'll be interesting is he's only played 500 games in the NBA career, a little under, and he hasn't played a massive amount of NBA minutes. So does he have an extra year or two on his body that maybe somebody else doesn't because he was in Europe and in Australia for a longer period of time? That would be the hope. Um, but at 33, like it's not, we're not on the right side of this discussion. And I do think there probably has to be some understanding of that to try to kind of analyze where he is and what we need to do uh, with him. Uh, today's show is brought to you in part by DoorDash. You want Chinese? You want pizza? You're craving. Whatever it is, DoorDash has got it for you. Continue to support restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash, and they need your patronage now more than ever. And DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat. Your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners, DoorDash can do it for you, whether it's Cheesecake Factory or Wendy's or a local restaurant. Many of your favorite restaurants are there. Just open DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and the food will be waiting for you at your door with the now contactless delivery to keep communities they operate in safe. Go to DoorDash, get the app, enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. You get $5 off and zero delivery fees off your first order for $15 or more. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. NBA, delicious, healthy, nutritious, and fabulous. Well, that's probably what you hope to get from DoorDash, but I'm going to give it to you instead by Built Bar. That's right. Built Bar has got it for you. And the promo code locked on, you can get $10 off. You can get the 18-bar box of mint brownie bars, 130 calories, 17 grams of proteins, or 4 grams of sugar and only four grams of sugar compare that to the leading men's bar out there it's 120 fewer calories half the fat this is crazy one ninth the carbs 
one-seventh the sugar, same amount of fiber, and seven more grams of protein. They're amazing. Built Bar. Build your bundle, 18 bars. Get a 30-pack with six flavors. Do it however you want to do it. Build your own box or get the collection of all of them. Try them all out and see what you like best. It's Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, enter in the promo code Locked On, and you get $10 off your order. Have you already used the promo code? Use it again. It's still there for you. We're still giving it to you. BuiltBar.com. So what's next for Joseph Howarth Ingles? Did you know that was his middle name? H-O-W-A-R-T-H. We've talked about it a lot. I think there has to be an understanding of where he is in his career at 33 years old with multiple years left with the extension he got in the offseason. I think there has to be an understanding that he plays brilliantly with the ball in his hands. And at the same time, I think there has to be an understanding from Joe of what he brings to the team with his early offense. Like, that's an interesting one to me that I'm not entirely sure that get Joe, Joe gives himself enough credit for. Like, the team desperately needs Joe Ingles out in the open floor taking advantage of the way Boyan did. We just didn't get enough of that in the playoffs. The back-to-back playoff performances are not... Are not it's, they're a little disturbing, right? I think we all kind of understand that. Uh, so when Joe plays with Mike Conley, does he in fact get lost? And the answer is a little bit of yes. And so that's kind of what I'm talking about. Of How do we figure this out? During the playoffs, Joe took a shot one every 10 minutes when he was on the floor with Mike Conley. It's not enough. But yet the offense was great. The offense was a 118. So it works for the team. So a little bit Joe's got to make it work for him. In fairness, like just to be totally honest. Joe in 122 minutes with Mike Conley on the floor took 19 shots in the playoffs. He went 6 of 19, 4 of 14 from 3. 32%, 29%. But the team shot great. 48% and 50% from three and was in plus 22. So it's not like it's hurting the team. It's just hurting Joe. During the regular season, in 723 minutes, Joe took 158 shots. He took, in two times as many minutes without Mike on the floor, he took 395, so about 95 more than the same pace. Pretty, Pretty considerable, actually. 25% 25% more. Again, the team was great when both of them were on the floor together. And frankly, Joe's numbers were better with Mike on the floor. But as Donovan emerges as the primary ball handler, if our greatest strength is our multiple ball handlers, which we're one of two teams in the NBA to have three guys take a thousand pick and rolls. Oklahoma City's the other. Then Joe and Mike... Together, need to find, we need to make that work. What's interesting is the instinct is to go put them on the bench unit. And then you have Jordan Clarkson, who's such a high usage player. 
And you would think that that would really hurt Joe. And it does a little bit, honestly. The team, again, fine. But Joe, again, when he's on the floor with Clarkson, shoots 41%. When he's off the floor, when Clarkson's off, he shoots 50 when he shoots on the floor, 33% from three and 47% from three. So it's an interesting question of like, how do we get the most out of the team and get the most out of Joe? Maybe Joe plays with Donovan. And that works. And if Joe plays with Donovan, and maybe Mike and Jordan play together. But when Donovan's on the floor, Joe's at his best. 45% for three, 45% from the field, 40% for three. It's frankly not that different when Donovan's off the floor. The one that gets lost a little bit when they're, those are both on the floor is Mike. When Joe and Donovan are both on the floor, Mike can get lost a little bit. But Mike frankly benefits from being with Donovan. It's all very complicated. It's our greatest strength is our three-ball handler, pick-and-roll ball handlers, and it's also the dance that has to be figured out in the offseason. Jordan Clarkson is our preview tomorrow. Appreciate you taking the time to listen today. We'll wrap up our ball handling section with Jordan Clarkson. I'm not sure he's truly a ball handler, but he certainly has it in his hands and shoots it enough for to be a ball handler. Locked on NFL, if you checked it out this week, as the NFL season opens tonight, there's crossover Thursday going on across the entire NFL channel today. So make sure you go check them all out. It's the two teams playing each other, two hosts, the local experts on the biggest stories going back and forth about their game. There's no previews you can find better. It's crossover Thursday on the NFL channel. Make sure you grab it all across your favorite NFL team. This has been Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.